1: Greeny with Mike
2: Greenberg the podcast
3: back and better than ever Greeny presented by progressive insurance on a marvelous Monday coming off an epic Sunday in the National Football League messages sent all across the sport we got two hours to dive in let's go here we go
1: only one place to start.
4: You know, it felt like the, the kid that didn't do anything in the class project but got an A. The Bills with a convincing and impressive 31-10 victory over the hottest team in football. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> the
3: Cowboys crumble. The Bills are bludgeoning in Buffalo. What does it mean? We've got exactly the right people To start diving into that, my buddies Rex Ryan and Dominique Foxworth, good enough to hang out after we wrap up Get Up. And interestingly, what you heard in that soundbite there was Josh Allen saying, I feel like the kid who didn't do anything. Rex, you spent a lot of this morning making sure everybody knows that while he only completed seven passes, and it certainly was not a game that you walked away saying, oh, my goodness, that Josh Allen is unreal, that the contribution he makes just by being there is significant.
5: Yeah, it absolutely is. And and why were they able to... To run the ball with the effectiveness they, they did because of Josh Allen. And I'll tell you why, Grady, because the fronts in particular, their five man fronts that they were running that Dallas loves to run, when Josh would give the ball off, all right, to Cook, then he would roll out. All right. And so instead of Micah Parsons or whoever the end was, uh, Lawrence on one time, that guy, instead of being able to close the cutback, all right, he ended up staying with Josh. And it almost creates a seam. That cutback it was available to him, and frontside was as well. So to me, it, he does things that don't show up on, on the uh, stat board. And, and just because he only completed – You know, seven passes did not mean that he did not impact the game because he did.
1: What did you see out there, Nick, Yeah, I mean, to Rex's point, his his presence was eliminating the best defensive player on um, the Cowboys team by him just being there. I also saw Josh make some conservative game-managing type decisions, which I know game manager is a pejorative most of the time, but we can also take into account that it means that you are conscious of what your team needs. Like, you talk about great point guards in basketball. They know when someone needs to get a touch. They know when to pick up the pace they know when to slow it down josh allen was making decisions that weren't flashy on third downs throwing the ball away which is something that i mean maybe josh allen throws it away on the first down because he knows he has a few more downs but on third and six in the red zone josh threw it away rather than try to make an amazing play in the red zone which is what we normally see him do and then that has a chance of ending in an amazing play for josh or a turnover that turns the tide of the game so it's suggesting me that he trusts the offensive play caller, and he trusts his teammates a lot more than he has, uh, I don't know, in the recent in recent history there in Buffalo.
3: I, I feel like that relationship, but when, when we, or by we, I should say I, was critical of the Bills mm-hmm. for firing the offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey when they did. Because it came on the morning after they lost a game because they had 12 men on the field on special teams. Yeah. And that's obviously not the offensive coordinator's fault. But the reality is that coach knows better than I do what his team needs, and I agree with you, Nick. While I, it's not like I have any insight into this, but it just looks like Allen has the kind of relationship, or maybe something closer to the kind of relationship with Joe Brady that he had before with um, uh, the, the guy who's now the coach of the Giants. Uh, his name just jumped out of my oh, head. Oh, Brian
5: Dable. With Brian
3: Dable, yeah. right? They had like this great, like you know, uh, relationship Absolutely. where they just sort of could finish each other's sentences, if you will. And for whatever reason, it just didn't seem to click that way with with Ken Dorsey. Dorsey. And he does look – he just looks better these last few weeks. Yeah, he
5: really does. And the the thing that's easy that jumps out at at you is the rushing attempts. Yep. They're getting James Cook involved. And that's something – even when Brian Dayball was there, we never saw this team run the football. Well, right now they're committed to running it. And they knew – especially in the weather and all those types of situations that come up in late December games and January games, you need to be able to run the football. And against this specific opponent, all right, if they have a weakness, it's the fact that they don't like it. They don't like it nasty. Yeah. And they certainly provided that for them uh, yesterday.
3: So we have, as you know, uh, Nick, one of the great Cowboy fans, And by that, I mean not a great person, but a big Cowboy (laughs) fan on our staff. And that would be Bubba, our producer, who Uh, uh, you spent some time with at my house the night that that shall not be mentioned. Uh, Bubba, who is conveniently not wearing a Cowboys jersey today, I notice, always wears them after a win. Amazing. But little is kind of fair weather. No Micah, no Dak, no Des Bryant jersey today. I don't see any Cowboys colors. Not today. Back in Bristol. Um, But anyway... This, w- w- The statements that the Bills made yesterday are easy to identify. Right. What, what do we say of the Cowboys this morning? So before we get to that,
1: I mean, at some point, are we going to get to Rex Ryan's travel stories? Because oh, that's, that's the only reason why I'm here. I promise. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> I promise. Okay, I was ready to leave and go and continue my day, but this man no. got some stories that y'all need I to hear. I promise. But anyway, the Cowboys, I think the huge concern about the Cowboys is what we saw happen to them yesterday was the same thing that they have to guard against. Their biggest hurdle is a physical team that runs the ball well in traveling. So going on the road to play against a physical team that runs the ball well, we convinced ourselves to some degree that the Cowboys were different. Since that 49ers game, they've been different. They're so much better now. They, it took them a while to get accustomed to this new offense. They're playing great on defense. Uh, Stefan Gilmore is traveling with the best receiver. This team is different. And then they just got run all over again and pushed around. So. It's, I was trying to get in, buy into the hype and believe it, but they're going to need something to happen to San Francisco between now and then for me to feel confident that the Cowboys can actually beat the 49ers.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, right now I don't know if anybody uh, can can beat the 49ers. I mean, it, it looks like they're clearly a team, not just the favorites to go to the uh, the uh, the Super Bowl, but the overwhelming favorites to mm-hmm. go to the Super Bowl. However, I think this is a game that – I, I expected this to happen, and the reason I, I did yeah. is they put so much into the buildup of not just beating the Eagles, but winning those four games it took to get to set up that matchup, and they pile everything in on it. And then after you accomplish that feat, which was outstanding, I mean they knocked out Philadelphia you know there's going to be a letdown. It's mm-hmm. the human side of this game. I've been a part of it, man. I mean, we look, all, yeah. we, we put it in there, and, and we we got embarrassed on a Monday night game. And, and I knew we could play New England. I'm like, six weeks later, man, we're going to kick their butts. And guess what? We did. We had to win all those games. And, man, sure enough, we showed up in New England and kicked their butts. And then we come out, and we go play against a team that we had already beat in Pittsburgh in the regular season. And we flat out lay an egg. I know the human side of it. Man, I thought we were ready to play that game, Nick. But yeah. there's a human element of this. And I knew, I expected, I never knew, but yeah. I expected it to happen. That's so why I thought Buffalo would win the game, yeah. and
1: they did. And you, oh, can't, you can't fake that intensity because buf- Buffalo – has been playing like that, and they know that they are, Every game is a must-win, and they show up playing that way. The Cowboys don't have the same motivation. All right, well,
3: one thing I have to ask Rex about before we get on to um, his travel stories, which, which candidly, is, is one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but Rex, so many people will associate both you and I with the Jets, right? And, and after a performance like yesterday's, and when they lost thirty to nothing to the Dolphins in a game that was not nearly as close as the final score would indicate. Um, People will want to hear your perspective on it. Um, the season, they are officially eliminated from playoff contention, right. not that they were in any reasonable way making a run at that anyway. So what remains true is that the last time the Jets played in a playoff game, you were the head coach. People will look at that team and they will say, it does not look like something that Aaron Rodgers alone can rescue. Do you believe that the coach and the general manager there are in serious jeopardy of losing their jobs?
5: I think everybody... Everybody in that organization, from, from coaches, GM, scouts, to dang players. That's why these last three games are important, Greeny. Mm-hmm. They are important. And it's – it's look, they're very winnable games. I mean, you've got Washington and you've got New England. Not exactly a juggernaut. Like, right. if you're going to pick two teams, you're going to probably start with those two two teams outside of Carolina. Yep. So, you've got to feel good about that. And then they have a, a game against – a team with a four-string quarterback and a four-string offensive tackle plan—the Cleveland Browns—that uh, almost seems like a huge task because they're actually playing well. Okay, but it's—it's it's, uh, you know that's the approach that these players need to take too. Because if they move on from the coach, the coach isn't the only guy that gets fired. There's a whole ton of players that get fired along with that coach. So to me, that's what we gotta—we gotta see that kind of fight and that kind of urgency from the entire football team. And it's not just about the coach. It's about everybody.
3: Yeah, when you saw that, that, that video that uh, is circulating on social of Garrett Wilson on the sideline, frustrated mm-hmm. yesterday, watching you know what, what all these other teams have been able to do. Basically, every team in the league has lost their quarterback. Yeah. I, I get that it wasn't on the fourth snap, and he never came back. But, I mean, as you just pointed it out, Joe Flacco was, was, was not on the Browns when this season began And they're making a playoff run.
1: You're right. A lot of teams lost their quarterback. The Colts are another team that looks good having lost their quarterback. But – The Jets lost more than their quarterback. Yeah. I know. We saw Hard Knocks this summer. Yeah. He was more than their quarterback. He was the heart of that team. He was the brains. He felt like the general manager, the owner. He made decisions on who the damn offensive coordinator was going to be. He was more than the quarterback. So when they lost him, there was a dejection in that building. Even though I haven't been there, I could guess that there was a level of dejection in that building that no other team can, I don't know, No other no other team losing their quarterback this season. had that much tied to one person. And you remember during training camp, they showed those videos of the defensive coordinator just reveling about how great their offense is going to be and how they're going to be in every game because of this guy. It affected everybody. So while we can look at them and say they should have bounced back the way these other teams did – None of these other teams spent their whole offseason investing in him, telling everybody, hey, do what that guy does. Follow that guy. He's our leader. That's what we need. He's the one. And then he goes down, and it's hard to bounce back from that. They've frankly done admirable, considering that they haven't completely given up on the season up until this
5: See, point. See, th- and that, there's where I disagree because – to me, it's it's always been about the football team, not the one individual. However, so much emphasis was put on it, and rightfully so, Nick. Yeah. I mean, it's a Hall of Fame quarterback. They thought they were one player away. Well, they weren't. Clearly, they're not one yeah. player away. You're not going to perform like this if you're one player away. So I think that was probably overlooked. Uh, it's almost like the the, the GM uh, Aaron Rodgers let, let this team down too because everybody they brought in – uh from lazard to you know randall cobb's uh, a good is a really good man but he's way past his prime he's a coach and, this
3: point, he was brought there to teach the offense alan lazard would look totally different if aaron Rodgers was out there on the field nathaniel hackett has done an unimaginably bad job coordinating this offense but it would have looked to- because it's aaron Rodgers' offense right. and they don't have a change up okay i'll, I'll get back to that sure. i want to make sure we have time for the story thank you so i'm going to set it up slowly and then rex i'll let you knock it out of the park okay so Rex and his beloved wife, Mickey, yep. and your two friends. What are your friends' names? Uh, Sonny and Kim. Sonny and Kim. The four of you are going down to Cabo for a little getaway, right? We're going to Cancun. Oh, Cancun. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Rex Wrong. Pl- but, but we go going down to Cancun for a little getaway. Much cheaper. Much cheaper. Rex <laughs> likes the cheap.
1: That's a whole other ridiculous Rex Riot travel story. But I, can't I
3: know. <laughs> I know. But this time he wasn't on Spirit Airlines. He was on JetBlue.
5: Major upgrade.
3: Major upgrade. But anyway, you show up. The two, you and Mickey, show up with your dog.
5: No, no. This is this is where it it, it gets lost. What happened? I'm flying from New York after our show. Right. after get up, I'm flying a direct f- flight from JetBlue. Outstanding, by the way. Mm-hmm. Even though they put me in a middle seat on the way home, <laughs> okay. so uh, I don't understand that. But anyway, I fly down a direct shot to to Cancun. Right. My Mickey, My my Mickey. My wife goes in to to board our dogs well one of them has got this new cough or whatever that's going around they're not allowed she's not allowed to board the dog so i did what every man who's been married for 37 years you you packed up your stuff
1: and went home and spent the week with your wife and your sick dog
5: no of course not i went down to cancun (laughs) (laughs) Went with, you know, I'm the third wheel on the thing, but, you know, I'm sitting back there drinking beer and laying in, you know, having a good time in the ocean and enjoying the sun. Of course, that's what every man would do who's been married for 37 years.
3: So to be clear. They did not allow your wife on the plane with the dogs, so she went home with the dogs. You went down to Cancun, and you spent the week with two other people, with a couple. So it's the couple and-, and you. Sonny and Kim, did you say it yes. was? So it's Sonny and it's Kim. Now,
5: let's not get it twisted. It's a two-bedroom suite. It's not like, you oh, know, thanks. I don't want to start these things, but I'll say this. No one but was grainy. getting that twisted, no, but, to be clear. <laughs> I'm saying this. It just sounded bad, but no, it sounded good to me. But uh, <laughs> but I have to say this. No, greedy. This is where you get it wrong. Yeah. No, my wife was not at the she airport. She was at the kennel trying to she drop the was dogs. at the kennel trying, trying to board drop the, the
3: board the dogs. Oh, I have misunderstood this yes. all along. Board the dog. When you kept saying board you the dog, no, I thought you meant board no, the plane with no, the dog. No, was
5: trying to board the the
3: the dogs.
5: And because we're damned, you're not going to pay somebody to house sit the dogs. That's way too much money. So what much you're money. telling me is that you oh, would gosh. rather
3: have your wife miss the entire couple's vacation you're going on than pay someone to take care of your dogs? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Grady. I, I don't understand
5: what the question is there. <laughs>
3: you don't? No. Weren't you a head coach of two different NFL teams?
5: Uh. Yeah, and I made a lot of bank too. But That's what I'm I, saying. I mean,
3: I, I want to yeah. keep my money.
1: I want to keep my money. Oh, I love it! I'm so that, proud of you. Right? That
3: is an incredible, <laughs> so, I, mean,
1: I would. not be able to do it personally. I mean, I. So it, it is. I have to admit, it's funnier to imagine that they were at the airport together and they That's and, 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 and know, the people at the gate. People the at dogs. the gate were like, "No, we can't take the dog." And Rex looked at his wife like, "Sorry, Mick." Catch That's you next what I thought. there was no way in heck that would happen. But. Uh, the way
5: it was set up, I'm like, yeah, well, I'm already, you know, I'm already <laughs> on this plane almost. <laughs> you know, I probably had another half. I could have gone home. But oh, no, gosh. dude, like, I'm going to go home after this. And and that's what it is. So I can't get that time Oof. back. Like, I wanted it. You know, I said, hey, let's just hope, see if the dog gets better. <laughs> And all that. It so really- she
3: went and spent the week at home by herself. No, she's
1: with the dog. She's with the
3: dogs oh, and the she's two She's always cats. with the dogs. I what, he got a, it's a menagerie of animals he got going on back there. Yes. What I'm trying to suggest is they're always there. So she's there with no other human beings, and you are with Sonny and Kim in Cancun. Yes.
5: Somebody has to take care of the kids. what kids well the the dogs and the
3: cats oh the dogs and the cats are the kids because your kids are not kids anymore they're all adults
5: exactly Uh, uh, to be clear
3: because rex is going to make it sound like somebody's to carry uh, the kids how old are your kids 28 and 31. Right, so no one needs to take care of them, to be very clear. <laughs> All right, it. that's an incredible story. Dan Rex, Campbell's taking care of one of those kids <laughs> in Detroit
5: who's <laughs> kicking some serious tails.
2: Rex, work.
3: you are, uh, a, I said it before, I'll say it again, a national treasure. <laughs>
5: yes,
2: for ne- sure. thank
3: you. We'll see you Appreciate tomorrow. You Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com back in a flash on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickranger.com or just stop by.
6: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
7: Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets, that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny,
1: the podcast. Greeny with you on
3: ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I got my week 15 takes coming up in 30 seconds. And the hashtag crew will assemble around us here in that time after this word from Vivid Seats. Bowl season, basketball, hockey, pro football, all in action. Vivid Seats has it all for you and your ticket gifting needs this holiday season. See every one-timer, touchdown, and slam dunk live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us fans, offering unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, annual birthday discounts, and more. Visit vividseats.com. Or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Greenies Takes. All right, here we go. Week 15, all but behind us. We do have one more game tonight, and it's a big one, with the Eagles in Seattle to take on the Seahawks, in a game that has a lot of implications. But let's go through the five top takeaways I had from yesterday. Number five. I touched on it with Rex. The Jets are going to have some fascinating decisions to make this offseason. season. And Hembo is here with us now. Under any other circumstances, I would say the Jets would definitively fire their coach and their general manager. Their general manager, despite one outstanding draft class, has done a terrible job. Their coach, despite, I think, being a good guy who, as a rule, the players like, this team should not be nearly as bad as they have been. They are definitively less than the sum of their parts. And if they just turned everything over to Aaron in the offseason and he was someone that they could not lose beyond his performance on the field, then that is a statement about them as well. They have no answers. But I think that there are so many ways in which things are going on that are beyond their own control. I don't think Robert Sala wanted Nathaniel Hackett to be his offensive coordinator. I think he wanted Aaron Rodgers to be his quarterback. And I think Aaron Rodgers wants Nathaniel Hackett to be his offensive coordinator. And so where does that leave them? It leaves them in a place where I think they have to choose between starting over again or Rodgers. You don't bring Aaron Rodgers back next year to try and win by tearing it all down, bringing in a new coach who was a coordinator somewhere and trying to figure it out. That would mean the Rodgers experiment never actually taking place. So I think what the Jets will probably do, and despite how frustrating it is for me to say this out loud... I think it's probably the right thing to do is try and patch the holes, keep the people they have in place in place, and hope that Rodgers is able to do it. I don't know what else they would do.
0: I mean, if you're going to play the blame pie game, obviously the most important thing, the, the, the largest blame share is the Rodgers injury, which of course nobody can control. But beyond that, it's it's the coaching. It's not the GM. I don't think Joe Douglas has done an especially good job, but I think Robert Sala has done an especially bad one. Because uh, in the AFC right now, I'm looking at the playoff picture, I'm seeing Cleveland in, I'm seeing Cincinnati in, I'm seeing Indianapolis in, all with their backup quarterbacks. In some cases, I think the Jets might have a better roster than at least the Colts, maybe... Cleveland and or Cincinnati and they're nowhere close to those teams and I can attribute that at least in some sense to the coaching I I think you can also attribute it to Joe Douglas's abject failure
3: to fix an offensive line issue that everyone knew was an issue and people were circulating this a lot yesterday when he got hired as the as the general manager the first thing he said is we're going to be dominant on the lines of scrimmage dominant on the lines of scrimmage Their offensive line performance yesterday was the worst I've ever seen in my life of watching football. I've never seen a team's offensive line look worse in any game than they looked in that game yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's not even that good of a pass rush. These Jets issues were not foreseeable. They were foreseen. They were foreseen all summer by you and many others, and they've came to fruition.
3: They, they, They have absolutely no one that they can trust going into next season. The only offensive lineman they have who's any good is Elijah Vera Tucker. And in his two seasons, he has suffered an ACL and an Achilles. So there's no obvious reason to think he is going to have a healthy return. Everyone else on the offensive line sucks. I mean, just flat sucks. So And and, and the guys who were hurt sucked. And the guys who were healthy sucked. So you got to remake the entire offensive line. I don't trust any of the people there to get any of it right. But the problem is... You have to try it with Aaron Rodgers. You just have to. You didn't bring him here to give up on it after one season in which he didn't play
0: at all. What would it have looked like this year, Aaron Rodgers, behind that line? We'll
3: never know. What do I you mean, think? I don't know. There's no way to know. It'd have to look better than this. Anything would look better than this. The Jets have scored one or zero offensive touchdowns in 12 of their 14 games this year. <laughs> it's almost impossible to do. So it would, by by default, have to look better. All right, continuing with my take. Number four. The Bears lost just about the worst way you can lose yesterday. They've got a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter against a team's fourth-string quarterback. They give back all of that and wind up falling behind. Then they execute a Hail Mary to perfection. The ball lands in the lap of their receiver, Darnell Mooney. All he had to do, I'm not even sure he had to catch it. I think he had to just sit still, and it would have come to rest on his body. And instead, he kicked it away. He, he did the opposite of catching it. I, I honestly think if we could run that play over again, and he could just lie flat, I think the ball would have come to rest on his body and remained there for a game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I think
0: he really wants Caleb Williams to be his quarterback next year. We can only accuse him of point-shaving. On the other side, by the way, did you see what Joe Flacco did in the fourth quarter of that game? Mm -hmm. He threw for 212 yards! That's an unbelievable statistic and goes to show you just how bad that Bears defense is, of course, and how sometimes a backup quarterback can do good things. Yes, and just to tie it back to the previous thing,
3: he was not even the backup quarterback. He wasn't even the backup quarterback's backup quarterback. He is their fourth option at quarterback this year. He began it on the couch And he threw for 200 yards. How many times this season has a Jet quarterback thrown for 200 yards in a game?
0: Oh, I'll look that up.
3: Last week, obviously, Zach threw for all those yards. He was the offensive player of the
0: week. There's some nice garbage time stats for Jets quarterbacks late this year. So 200 might not be that rare. Uh Do that again. I'll run it. What's your guess? As I'm running it, what's your guess?
3: How many times this season a Jet— How many yards did Flacco throw for in that fourth quarter? Uh, 212. 212. So, if we put the, the the total at 212, how many games this season did the Jets quarterback What's your and guess? throw
0: for 212 yards? What's your guess?
3: They 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 played 14 games?
0: Uh-huh. Four? Five. It happened five times. Uh, actually, even 200 has only happened five times, so you were right. Yes, I was right. They
3: suck. Number three. Uh, number three, Kadarius Tony has to be benched. I mean, at some point, you just can't let a guy go out there and kill you like this. I don't know anything about Kaderis Tony. He's a human being. He may be a wonderful person. This is not meant as a personal slight on him. But the week after you cost your team a game by lining up offsides, you have that drop yesterday? Did you see Patrick Mahomes after that? Like at some point, if you don't send a message, you're sending a message if you're coaching that team, whatever you do. You're either sending a message that nothing on this team can get you benched or you're sending a message that at some point we cannot have this and you're benching him. But you cannot allow Kadarius Tony to just be out there like this. Like, okay, well, yeah, that kept happening, but just keep trying, kid. We're going to get him next time.
0: It also reinforces your theory that we should sort of split up how we divvy up interceptions. Like, that should be a wide receiver interception. Absolutely. But Patrick Mahomes uh, has to wear that. That's on his passer rating now.
3: Yeah, and that isn't why he's upset. He's upset because this is going to cost them their season. Because as I look at the best teams in the AFC right now, they're not one of them. And in a league where it has never ever been more important to have the quarterback they have the best quarterback he remains the best player and yet they they will not win the AFC this year because their offense is so bad here's the truth Travis Kelsey is a first ballot hall of famer and has been he might be as productive a tight end as has ever played the game he has definitively lost a step it happens to everybody he is not the same player he has been at his best
0: I think that the Chiefs pass catchers I, I don't That is a fixable flaw, not a fatal flaw. Or even if it's not fixable, I could still see them getting to the Super Bowl with this collection of people because the path is fairly clear, because their offensive line is good despite what people on TV are telling you, and the fact that it's the best defense he's ever had. The Chiefs' problem is that we're comparing their offense to themselves in previous years, not to the rest of the league. Compared to the rest of the league, they're actually kind of right there. They really are. I don't know. I feel like every time they play a good team, they lose.
3: Did I miss something? I mean, hold on a second. Let me get... Let me get up their games here.
0: Some of their losses can be attributed to literally just one play, though. Too at the end of a game with the receiver doing something stupid.
3: Oh, but that's what I'm, you and I—you just said the opposite. But what of that. I'm
0: saying is that that's not necessarily predictive of repeat behavior. No, these but, are I mean, professionals.
3: When it happens that many times, you have to start worrying about it. I mean, th- so the last few wins they've had were against the Patriots, the Raiders. They did beat the Dolphins, twenty-one fourteen. Their uh, defense
0: is great.
3: Yeah, their defense is very good. Their defense can at least so give them a chance. I you not know, me the defense is going to carry that team through the AFC?
0: I, there is no team in the AFC for whom it would surprise me that the Chiefs beat because of their defense when their quarterback is that guy. Okay, next at number two,
1: Number two,
3: we have a question. Was Panthers-Falcons yesterday the worst game ever played? Was that the worst game played in <laughs> NFL history? I went on Twitter after that game, and, and the, 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 the Arthur Smith, what coach has ever done less with more? Then he. I don't care what the weather is. I don't care if animals are boarding a boat two by two. I don't care if it's raining that much. You cannot score seven points against Carolina. <laughs> you just cannot do it. that, that, that is an embarrassing <laughs> loss. The Panthers have. Excuse me. The Falcons have no business making the playoffs, even though they have by far the best team. They drafted Kyle Pitts. Fourth in the draft. They don't want to use him. They drafted B. John Robinson. Was it seventh last year? Uh, sixth, right? They don't want to use him. What the hell
0: are they doing? I would like to send my condolences uh, to B. John Robinson fantasy owners. Uh, he was started in 95% of ESPN.com fantasy leagues, a playoff uh, week, by the way, mm-hmm. and gained 0. 0.4 points. One of the worst all-time playoff performances in the history of fantasy football.
3: On a day where you couldn't possibly throw the ball because of what you would figure that would be a day to run it. He was the
0: 8th pick last year, excuse me.
3: He was the 8th pick in the draft last year. It's ridiculous. I mean, I'm, I'm flabbergasted at their play calling, at their strategy, at their at their organizational philosophy. Whatever they're doing, they're getting it so ridiculously wrong. Let me go to the box score on that game.
0: There are good, uh, good seats available, by the way. Uh, yeah. In that game,
3: what, what did I see about that? What were the tickets going for? Tim,
0: you had the note here about, yeah. and what was the first of all? What was the announced attendance?
4: It said it was seventy thousand, <laughs> which is nowhere near what was in the stands. That yeah. that stadium has a capacity of seventy three thousand. <laughs> it was a listed attendance of seventy thousand, almost a sellout. And, and Vivid Seats was selling tickets for four dollars as late as twenty minutes before the game. Oh There's no way that's true. If Who they, reported that number? If they were
3: playing that game. On my back lawn, I would have closed the window shades just to make sure I didn't accidentally see some of it. That's how bad it was. And when we talk about places where we need a coaching change, Atlanta is right near the top of the
1: list. Number one. And
3: then finally, number one is this Buffalo Dallas. And let me bring in Bubba because, um, you know, the Cowboy fan, the Bills, I think, are sensational. I've spent weeks talking about that. I've been adopted by this Bills mafia, which is ridiculous. But whatever, I'm just pointing out what I see, which is the Bills are excellent. They're way better than their record would suggest. And Josh Allen, to me, is the second best player in the NFL. That's why I keep saying the things that I say. It's certainly not because I root for them. Um, That said, I've said everything there is to be said about them. Bubba,
2: what do we say about your Cowboys on this day after they got bludgeoned in Buffalo? Yeah, that was... That was not good. I mean, I I was talking. I have a few friends who are Bills fans, and I was saying going into them, like it would not shock me in the slightest if the Cowboys lost. Now, I did not expect to see this happen at all. Uh, I think on paper the Cowboys are still the better team, but th- this this road stuff is just getting out of hand. And the fact that they were just so out physical,ed I don't I don't know what the answer is because, like you guys were saying on Get Up, at some point they're going to need to be able to compete with the Forty Nine ers, who are way more physical, whether it's home or the road. They clearly have a blueprint. Other teams have a blueprint to be more physical against the Cowboys and it was just a disaster. You add in that and the horrendously bad personal foul decisions they made. That cost them multiple points. I have no idea why McCarthy didn't challenge that uh that incompletion that would have that that would have been a, a fumble. Um uh, I don't know. Yeah, what, Buffalo ran up to the line of scrimmage and got the yeah, ball. Yeah, you know, snapped. just throw the flag, get out there. But you know, the only thing I'll say is, you know, win or lose, I was not going to really overreact to this because kind of my same mindset the whole year is it honestly is not going to make any difference what the Cowboys are doing in the regular season. Even if they were to win this, even if they were to beat the Dolphins, it's not going to matter until what Dak does in the playoffs. So I was not going to get too high or too low. I still think can the Cowboys win in the playoffs? Yes, this gives me less confidence going in. But uh, I'm, I'm just not going to overreact too much because it doesn't really matter what happens right now. The Cowboys, just, at least I guess the only positive is maybe they can kind of reset after this and, and, and uh, get, their, get their act together for the playoffs. But it doesn't really matter if they lost to the Bills right now. What matters is what they do in the playoffs, and then we're going to reevaluate Dak then. Here's the path. Dallas is
3: going to be a wild card. The Eagles sure. will have to collapse. So barring something very unexpected, and look, strange things happen in the NFL all the time. But assuming the Cowboys are a wild card, they will be the five seed. Here's here's the path. They will open at the champion of the NFC South. So whether that's Tampa, New Orleans, Atlanta, one of those three teams will win that division. That will be an eminently winnable game for the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, likeliest game is Dallas at Tampa right now. That's what they did last year. That's what
3: they Mm -hmm. did last year with Brady, and they killed them. Then they will not have to go to San Francisco they will most likely wind up going to Philadelphia. The, that is a winnable game. The Cowboys at the Eagles I is agree. a winnable game. They absolutely could have won the first one, and they beat them the second time. And the Eagles in this scenario would not be coming off a bye, so they will not have a rest advantage. The Eagles also will have played a game the week before. They'll have played against the worst wild card, so they'll have played against the Rams or somebody. Actually, the way these things work out, the Cowboys might actually get an easier game. So the Cowboys actually have a path to getting to the NFC Championship game in San Francisco. And if indeed this thing is the San Francisco Invitational, it may not make a whole lot of difference.
0: Bob, the the issue here with with the Cowboys is that, like, the thing that they're worst at is the thing that San Francisco and Philly is best at. Like, they can... They can run the ball on Dallas. The Cowboys have been outrushed by 363 yards in those four losses this season. And on average, they've allowed 192 yards on the ground. I understand that. But they just beat the pants off of Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia had no chance to win that game for a variety of reasons. That won't be the kind of thing you see in the playoffs. Let
3: me pause on that thought. We'll come back. We have much more to say on this game and others as we continue in a moment on ESPN Radio.
7: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why?
2: Greeny, the podcast.
3: Any with you on ESPN radio? A very happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and all the rest to you and your family from us and ours. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1 800 Progressive and Progressive.com. Cowboys, Eagles, always a big deal for us on this show because we have Hembo and Cam who are the Eagle fans, and we have Bubba, who is the Cowboy fan. And while they have already played each other twice this season, we could be shaping up for a very interesting juxtaposition of those two teams as we go. We'll see what the Eagles have in store tonight. Bubba, let me go back to you and pick up the conversation where it was right before we left off. I just pointed out a scenario in which the Cowboys, as a wild card, I think have a very real path
2: to the NFC Championship game. What do you think? I think if you're saying that's what happens, I think that that makes sense. I think beating Tampa Bay, I would I would say they're probably almost be favored in that one. And then They will definitely be favored in yeah, that one. Yeah. And then I you know, like you said they played quite well against Philly. They borderline should have won that game on the road. I I would have confidence in them beating Philly. I so yes, I could see them getting to the NFC Championship game. Then we're just right back to where we started again where it's at San Francisco, which seems to be our biggest issue. Can they beat the 49ers? On the road. If that game was at home, I would say, hey, we're going to the Super Bowl. Let's get tickets now. But at San Francisco, I've got a lot less confidence, especially seeing what the Bills did and knowing how physical the 49ers are going to be. I mean, I would love to get back to the NFC Championship game knowing how long it's been, but I just don't see how we can you know, overcome the 49ers right now the way they're playing. They could play that game on Jupiter. The 49ers
3: would dominate the Cowboys. But For let sure. me go with what the Eagles did this week, Hembo and Cam. Hembo, I'll start with you. They made a significant change. Their defensive coordinator is Sean Desai, who took over for – is it Jonathan Allen? Is that his name? Jonathan Gannon. Gannon, excuse me, who became the head coach in Arizona. And for all the talk about the change on the offensive side and Shane Steichen in Indianapolis – Maybe the more significant change has been how ineffective Desai has been, so much so that they made a big decision this week. They basically demoted him, and they put Matt Patricia in charge of that defense. What will happen
0: now? This is stunning. Um, I think it will wind up being a net positive, uh, if only because uh, Matt Patricia is not Sean Desai. I, I have said a few times over the last few weeks that I felt that the Eagles defense was the most underachieving unit in the NFL. I mean, they have been... Just absolutely abysmal in every conceivable way. They can't play man coverage. They don't stop the run the way that they did before. They're not creative in any of the stuff that they do. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to Sean Desai, who didn't have much of a track record beforehand. Now, Matt Patricia's track record is not so great either. The Lions stunk when he was their coach, and he was obviously uh, you know, sort of in, you know, underneath the umbrella of Bill Belichick in New England. All that being said, I don't think it can get much worse than it's in Philly right now, and it's not obvious to me if this was not a, uh, a player's-driven decision. That's what I don't understand. Like When you're 10-3, and it might feel like a panic move, but given where this team is, I actually like the way that they're acting with some urgency. A lot of people did not like when the Bills fired Ken Dorsey, especially the way in which they did so. It wound up being the right thing, very clearly, very obviously. So I think it's worth a shot, considering the fact that I've already seen enough from Sean Desai to know that he is not the real one there. What do you think, Cam?
4: Yeah, it's a... Good move, I think, because of what Hembo said. It's just a bizarre one. Like, I don't even know what the precedent is for this, especially for this good of a team this late in the season at, at week 15 to basically switch defensive or offensive play colors. I guess you see it a little more on the offense, but Hembo's right. Like, this team has talent all over the defense. You know They should be getting pressure on every single play. They're not really doing that as much anymore. The secondary's a mess. They can't tackle. I've been saying it all season. There's offensive and defensive play calling issues, but they're under underachieving like crazy, and against two teams that they probably will have to beat to make it to the Super Bowl against, they just got boat race in back-to-back weeks, and the defense was a big reason why. So give it a shot, give it a change, but it, it's just a weird move this late in the season. I don't hate it, though.
3: Bottom line, there's only one thing standing between the Eagles – And the NFC East Championship. And that one thing is Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito and the Giants will play the Eagles twice the rest of the way. The Eagles' advantage over the Cowboys stems from the fact that you get to the conference record tiebreaker. So, first tiebreaker, head to head, they split. Second tiebreaker, division record. The, the Cowboys, well, the Cowboys still have one game left in the division, which is against Washington. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, they should win that easily. The, the Washington has quit. Um, the, the Eagles have the Giants twice. If the Eagles win both those games, then that tiebreaker is even. It then comes down to the conference record tiebreaker, where the Cowboys have one additional loss. So the difference in that is going to come down to the Eagles losing to the Jets while the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals. their two inexplicable losses at the end of the season. It's going to turn out to be the Cowboys that was more damaging, and so the Eagles are going to win the division. Once again, I consider Dallas-Philly a toss-up wherever they play that game. I do. I don't think it makes any difference. I think that is a 50-50 coin flip kind of game. So I don't think that matters as much as just staying the heck out of San Francisco. And the more I look at it, I think they both stay out of San Francisco until the NFC Championship game anyway. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't think the divisional piece of this is going to change it as much as you might have originally thought.
0: I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. This is a great time. A great time to buy your stock in the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys both entered this week 10-3. and 3. The Eagles did so, having played the most difficult schedule in the whole league. The Cowboys did so, having played the third easiest schedule in the whole league. Yes, I understand that. They just got absolutely waxed by San Francisco and Dallas in consecutive weeks. But the Eagles were playing with a rest disadvantage in both games. We know the season is long. We know a lot of things will change between now and the playoffs when this stuff happens. I think one month from now, the Eagles will look a lot better than they do right this second. So
3: what are you suggesting you bet on them to go to the Super Bowl? Yes. Nope. Nope. The NFC is a one-horse race for you? Yes. It it is San Francisco or the field. I've got the Niners. If I offered you right now, Uh San Francisco or the field, which way do you go?
0: I'm taking the field, although FBI agrees with you. Right now, FBI says San Francisco, 55% chance to get to the Super Bowl, to come out of the NFC. I just think that so many things can still happen, will still happen, and I've seen enough from this Eagles team that I do think they'll pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and have a real chance to win the the NFC.
3: Greeny and the hashtag crew live from the Seaport brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. You could make that bet and others At ESPN Bet, you can download the ESPN Bet app right now. And, guys, you can all take a crack. If you go on the ESPN uh, Bet uh, app, you will see my special for tonight. I have a special boost for tonight. And it is a combination of receptions for A.J. and D.K. Mm. So a combination of A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf over 13 and a half catches. You like
0: it. Uh, I do, um, although it's still not obvious to me who's going to be throwing the passes for these teams to so right? either of them, right? Because uh, Geno Smith has the groin, he's questionable. Jalen Hurts is sick, he's questionable. What is
3: what is? It's an illness, and it's gotten worse. Do we know what it is?
0: I've not heard any firm reporting on it.
3: I just saw At- Shefty saying he's ill. Or the illness took a
0: turn overnight for the worse. And not traveling with the team, right? So that's the... Meaning that's, traveling, but not with the team. Correct. Right. That's, that's, that is what I mean. So I think you're going to see like, a, like Jalen Hurts playing sick against Drew Locke. That, I think, is the likeliest combination but i know for sure that the eagles can't cover dk metcalf (laughs) Uh, so i think he's going to get his and i also don't think that the seahawks can cover aj brown so i think he's going to get his all right so the boost
3: is there at espn bet Uh, i have them for you regularly it is called seeing green download the app and get involved we have much more to do on this monday so stay close by greenie and the hashtag grew on espn radio
1: thanks for listening to greenie the podcast you can listen live each weekday morning at ten Eastern on ESPN Radio, or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also, catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast.
6: Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.